0: We look to you and follow your lead. But when you need advice and feedback about an idea or decision, I'd like to know who do you go to? Well, usually I look in the mirror. i <laughs> be perfectly honest.
1: <laughs> For 60 years, Warren Buffett has been one of the few constants atop American life. Athletes retire, Presidents leave office and musicians lose their voice. Not Buffett. For more than five decades, the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway has sat in the same chair and stuck to the same strategies. And along the way, he's made millions of people rich. But the Oracle of Omaha can't stop time, and this year he'll turn 90. His investors have little idea of what comes next for the company. That could soon change, though. I'm Alex Yule. Welcome to The Readback. This week, I'm joined by Barons Andrew Barry, who spent more than 20 years covering Warren Buffett. Hey, Andrew. Good to be here. I want to make sure I have this straight. Someone that invested $1,000 in Berkshire Hathaway stock in 1965 today has $19 million? How is that possible?
0: It's just the impact of compounding of a 20% rate for 55 years. That's the number you get. And by comparison, you would have about $100,000 if you invested in the S&P 500. That's $20 million versus 100000 That's like winning the lottery. It is. And, you know, the original investors in Berkshire who got in with him in 1965, many of them are billionaires now.
1: Billionaires? Yes. Just by investing alongside of him, not doing anything else, but just saying, hey, you can have my money. Exactly. Okay, but now we're in 2020, and actually Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's company, is, is out of favor. That could force some change in the near future.
0: Well, Berkshire is out of favor, and there are a couple reasons for that. People are worried about succession. Who will succeed Buffett and can that successor measure up to the extraordinary results that he's been able to achieve? And there's also some frustration with investors that Berkshire is holding so much cash, more than $100 billion, and not paying a dividend and buying back a very little amount of stock.
1: While we still know nothing today about his successor, it's possible that could actually change in the next few weeks.
0: That's right. I mean, Berkshire's annual shareholder letter is coming out this coming Saturday, February 22nd, and we may learn more about his successors and other important information about Berkshire.
1: Okay. Before we talk more about kind of what's gone wrong and what could change, I want to make sure we really dive into what made Warren Buffett so great.
0: Two things. He's a phenomenal investor in stocks, and he's been a great buyer of businesses. Give
1: us some examples.
0: Well, basically, uh, Warren Buffett was an early investor 30-some years ago in Coca-Cola, which has done extremely well. He's had big hits with Bank of America, and most recently, he bought a big stake in Apple,
1: and that stake is basically doubled in value in the last couple of years. And so I just want to make sure everyone understands Berkshire Hathaway sort of does two things they they buy stocks the way maybe a typical portfolio manager would although in huge sums and then they also have operating companies
0: Right. People basically associate Warren Buffett with stock picking, but Berkshire is actually much more than that. And stock picking has actually not been the main driver for
1: Berkshire in the last 10 or 20 years. So one of the companies for me that comes to mind is Geico.
0: Geico is a phenomenal company. Berkshire's controlled it for more than 20 years. It's grown to be the second largest auto insurance company in the country. It's very profitable and well run. Berkshire's... Earnings are dominated now by the companies that Berkshire controls, Burlington Northern, a major American railroad, and a big utility which is called Berkshire Hathaway Energy.
1: We spent a lot of time, other than covering Buffett, talking to hedge fund managers, portfolio managers. Give us a sense of what really distinguishes Buffett from kind of that typical Wall Street investor.
0: Well, Buffett has a long time horizon, and he tends to like relatively simple, easy to understand businesses. He bought Apple. One reason why is that his grandchildren, he used to take out on Sunday to the Dairy Queen, which is a company he owns, were glued to their iPhones. And he recognized that this was not a typical tech hardware company. There was a stickiness to the Apple ecosystem. And that's one reason why
1: he bought into it. And so is it fair to say that other than Apple, Buffett's not a real big tech guy?
0: No, he's basically a technophobe. And I think he's admitted that he's made a big mistake in not buying Amazon and in particular not buying Google, Um, currently
1: uh, Alphabet. And is the fact that Buffett, for the most part, has avoided tech part of the reason why his stock has lagged in the last few years? Yeah, I mean,
0: the investment portfolio, the equity portfolio has lagged the market probably in the last 10 years, and that has not helped the stock. He came late to Apple, but he timed that well. His Apple position is probably double uh, Berkshire's cost, but he's missed Facebook, he's missed Google, he's missed Amazon, he's missed Microsoft. Netflix. He's missed Netflix. I mean, he basically likes to stay within what he calls his circle of competence, and technology has generally not been in that, and therefore, that's one One reason why he's not been comfortable with technology stocks. But I think he fully recognizes now that's been a mistake.
1: I'm guessing most of our listeners have at least heard of Warren Buffett. Probably there are many, though, that don't know anything about Berkshire Hathaway. And at the end of the day, Berkshire Hathaway is Warren Buffett.
0: Buffett and Berkshire are often viewed synonymously. And at Berkshire, he does pretty much everything. He's the key investment manager. He makes the decisions on what acquisitions to make. He oversees all the major businesses. There are virtually no other executives at Berkshire that matter beside him. There are no committees, no meetings. It's basically just
1: him. Now, he does have a vice chairman who's actually six years older than him, I think.
0: Sometime when I'm especially wishful... I think, oh, to be 90 again. <laughs> he has one who's six years old, Charlie Munger, who's uh, in his mid-90s right now, and he's kind of Buffett's sounding board, alter ego, and longtime friend. But between the two of them, they're pretty much running the show. They pretty much run the show. He has two operating chiefs, but essentially it's his baby, and he makes all the major calls. I'm, uh, I'm Warren. He's Charlie. Charlie does uh, most things better than I do, but... Uh
1: There's probably no better way to describe Warren Buffett's fan base than to look at the annual meeting that takes place every year in Omaha, Nebraska. Can you just give us a taste of that? The annual meeting is the highlight of the year for Berkshire Hathaway. He's
0: called it a Woodstock for capitalists, and it truly is. 30,000 people come to Omaha, and they really come to hear him. The meetings will basically not be like that after he's gone. Essentially, the way the meetings work is for about a half hour, they do perfunctory stuff that has to do with uh, corporate governance. But for six hours, he and Charlie Munger take questions from the audience. I remember when Warren got on this subject, and they asked him what he wanted said at his funeral. He said, I want them to all be saying that's the oldest-looking corpse I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> And and that may be the smartest thing I ever said. He basically talks off the top of his head. There are no notes. And he's as usual, insightful, coherent, funny. It's really a one of a kind event.
1: And uh, well, nothing will be like it once he's gone. And this isn't in a ballroom. This is taking place in an arena used for sporting events.
0: Right. It's basically in a 30,000 seat like basketball or hockey arena, which is in Omaha right now. So it's really extraordinary. In fact, There's an overflow crowd. People have to watch it on video screens like uh, in the lobby. I mean, you basically have to – people line up an hour or two before the meeting starts to
1: try to get a seat. It tells you just how eager they are to be in his presence. And, of course, you need to own a share of the company to attend.
0: Right. If you own one share, you're able to attend. Then it's difficult to get a hotel room in Omaha. It's difficult to get a flight into Omaha. It's actually difficult to get there because literally the Berkshire enthusiasts and shareholders take over the town for that weekend in
1: May. Okay. And this is what I think makes your story and your cover story this past week so timely because Warren Buffett is turning 90 in August. He's still very healthy, but none of us can live forever. If you're an investor in Berkshire Hathaway right now, you still don't know really anything about what happens after Buffett leaves.
0: Buffett has said very little about succession. He wants, I believe, to stay on until he's no longer capable of doing the job. And that could be a few more years. People suspect or speculate about who might be his his successor, but he's not confirmed anything. I believe he ought to anoint a successor and uh, groom one and basically introduce that person to the investment community and Wall Street and Berkshire's fans because I don't think it's benefiting Berkshire to keep these things secret at this point.
1: So let me ask you to put your Oracle hat on here a little bit. Uh, If and when we do start to hear more about Warren Buffett's successor you have some sense on who it's going to be.
0: I think the most likely successor is Greg Abel, who is the chairman of Berkshire Hathaway Energy, which is Berkshire's big utility business. He's been with Berkshire Hathaway Energy since Buffett bought the company about 20 years ago, and he has experience running a major company, doing
1: deals, and many of the things that I think a CEO of Berkshire needs. And Buffett's not the kind of guy that's going to go out and just find someone off the street to run this company.
0: He said that he wants Berkshire's successor to come from within the company who is steeped in the Berkshire culture and not bringing an outsider. He's not looking for the sexy name. No, he's not looking for a sexy name. He's not looking to bring a big hitter from outside. He wants someone who he knows, the board knows and trusts and who will basically try to keep the Berkshire culture and the Berkshire way of doing things going when he's no longer there.
1: And that's kind of amazing because there's probably not a hedge fund manager in the world that wouldn't take this job.
0: I actually think many hedge fund managers don't want the job because uh-huh. Buffett's shoes are enormous. It's a very daunting and challenging job. You will be always compared to him. You really can't measure up. You need to have a big
1: ego, and you have to really be comfortable in your own skin okay. to take on this enormous job. Fair enough. Now, there's some other names also in your story that you talk about as potential successors.
0: Well, one dark horse that I think could potentially get the job is Todd Combs. He manages part of Berkshire's equity portfolio right now. He's on the board of J.P. Morgan right now. He's impressed people there, including Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan. He was just named to be the head of GEICO, the big uh, auto insurance business that Berkshire controls. And that could be a sign that his star is on the rise.
1: Greg Abel and Todd Combs both sound like super important people that could have a real role in the future of Berkshire Hathaway. Why don't we hear more about them? I mean, we don't know anything about them. Buffett has really kept them under wraps. They rarely, if ever, give any interviews.
0: I don't think Todd Combs has given a single interview since he joined Berkshire Hathaway about 10 years ago. At the annual meeting, it's basically the Warren Buffett show with Charlie Munger. Shareholders can ask questions which might be answered by Greg Abel or Combs or others. They typically say very little about it. We don't even know what Todd Combs' investment performance actually has been since he joined Berkshire Hathaway.
1: And so if I can find a reason to criticize Warren Buffett, this would be one of them. If he wanted to really bring a successor on, wouldn't he be spending more time promoting that successor?
0: He should, I think, introduce them to the investment community and put them up on the stage at the annual meeting. Investors want to know more about the future of Berkshire Hathaway, which is his successors. People know a lot about Buffett. They love Buffett. But frankly, people are looking to the future, and they want to know what the future of Berkshire Hathaway looks like. And why do you think he's been so reticent to really name someone? I think he's stubborn. I think there's a lot of ego involved. Berkshire is his baby, and he likes the limelight. He likes to be the center of attention at the annual meeting and Mm -hmm. bask in the adulation of. 30,000 or so more shareholders who are coming to see him. He feels it's his show, and I think he's reluctant to give up the limelight and give up the stage.
1: And to his credit, age hasn't changed anything.
0: He's as sharp as ever. If you listen to him at the annual meeting or on TV, the facts and financial figures, information at his fingertips is extraordinary. And until that changes, I don't think the board is going to push for
1: a successor. And I think He may not leave. He may potentially might die on the job. Let's just kind of be frank here. I mean, once Warren Buffett is no longer in the picture, does the company really exist anymore?
0: Well, the company will exist. The question is, in what form will it exist? You could have activist investors surface who will basically push for the company to be broken up. The company is likely to pay a dividend. It doesn't pay a dividend right now. It's likely to buy back much more stock. It's likely to hold much less cash than it does right now. It has more than $100 billion worth of cash on its balance sheet right now. There could be a number of key changes at Berkshire Hathaway in the post Buffett era.
1: So the best investor of our time leaving the scene, do you actually think in the near term could be positive for his company's stock? I think Berkshire's Hathaway stock is, is quite attractive
0: right now. And it's actually a better bet than the S&P 500. He compares himself to the S&P 500. And I think that Berkshire is probably a better bet looking out for the next five or 10 years, whether or not he's there or not. It's a monster company with dozens of divisions, earns about $25 billion a year after taxes. It's one of the most profitable companies in the world, and it's a world-class conglomerate. And I think Buffett's successor is going to focus more on running the company better, improving profit margins in some of the key businesses, rather than doing mega deals and making mega statements. I think it's going to be a lower profile CEO, and who's not going to have the kind of stature, obviously, that Warren Buffett has, who will try to quietly get things done and not make you know major waves and major headlines.
1: Andrew, you really make a compelling case for Berkshire Hathaway, even post Buffett. So. If someone wants to buy a share of Berkshire Hathaway, though, it's a little bit tricky, right? It actually isn't that tricky. The Class A shares, which have been
0: around since Buffett took control in 1965, trade for $340,000 a share. One share. One share. So obviously many people can't afford that. But the company has Class B shares outstanding, which are equivalent to the A shares. They trade around $230 a share okay. right now, which are much more affordable. And that's how most people get exposure to Berkshire right now is through the, the
1: lower priced Class B shares. And not really any real difference between There's the two? There's
0: really no difference. It doesn't have the same kind of voting power, but really it doesn't really matter matter. It's really equivalent to the A shares. And that's what most institutional investors buy right now.
1: Okay. So if you believe in Warren Buffett and you believe that he's going to treat his legacy the same way he's treated the company for nearly 60 years, buying those Class B shares is a pretty good way to bet on his legacy. It's the best way to
0: bet on his legacy. It's kind of like you're buying into this, a giant company with a Fort Knox balance sheet with a lucrative set of divisions, which. Uh, have room for improvement, I think, in terms of profitability. And I think post Buffett Berkshire could be quite a good
1: stock. All right. Well, in 50 years, we're going to come back and see (laughs) if we have $20 million. But thanks so much for joining us, Andrew. Thanks. To read Andrew's latest cover story about Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway, check out Barron's.com. I'm Alex Yule. The Readback is produced by Meta Lutzhoff. We'll return next Wednesday.